Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Bini, and this is my first ever podcast. And I'm really, really super excited to be doing this. So, for starters, I would be just giving a small, sharing a small thought, in fact, on what's worldly wisdom and what's heavenly wisdom like. Worldly wisdom always causes strife among men. His wisdom tells him he can get whatever he wants. All is fair in love and war. To covet what he desires. To kill for what he can't get. It makes everything around him look unfair. Be it the BMW in the neighbor's house, your colleague's promotion which should have been yours, etc. And so there is always a sense of unhealthy competition which ultimately leads to sin. The book of James chapter 4 says even God will not give when such people ask because the motives are wrong. The believers must be different. God will bless us with his wisdom if we ask him as the worst promises. Without his wisdom, we can't live in this world as he wants us to. So what are the characteristics of the heavenly wisdom? And why is this better than man's wisdom? James talks about this in chapter 3 verse 17. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. This wisdom will make us stand out as his children. It teaches us how to tap into God's storehouse of blessings and not steal or covet from someone. We won't be jealous anymore, nor envy somebody. We can live in the perfect knowledge that God will supply all our needs as per his will. We just need to be patient. May God's wisdom fill us all. So thank you, Fox, for hearing. Please leave your comments for more um, podcasts on similar topics as the Lord leads me to. Hello, everybody. Good afternoon. Uh, so today I would be sharing some few notes from our previous Bible study class. Revelation, Inspiration and Illumination Revelation is the act of God whereby He communicated to man truth about himself and his will which man unaided could not discover for himself. Inspiration Inspiration is that divine influence which renders a speaker or writer infallible in the communication of truth. It was written or spoken with the same infallible purity with which it was revealed. Illumination Illumination is the divine quickening of the human mind to understand the revealed truth 
such a divine revelation communicated by divine inspiration infallibly must be supernatural and the need for the Holy Spirit arises to divinely illuminate the mind to grasp it. The first two of these ceased with the completion of the divine canon of sacred scriptures except that God may give an immediate revelation by dream or vision with limited and personal applications. However, none of these revelations can be equated to scripture. The study of the doctrine of bibliology is placed first even before the doctrine of theology because most of what we can know of God himself is what he has been pleased to reveal in his word. Therefore, we must study the doctrine of the word first to establish its authority and divine origin so that it may give its voice to every other doctrine without question. The Apocrypha The Apocrypha means hidden or secret. There are between 11 to 16 of these books according to various groups. Some accept some, some others. Commonly there are 14 namely 1 and 2 Estras, Tabit, Judith, Wisdom of Solomon, Ecclesiasticus, Baruch, Song of Manassas, 1, 2, 3 and 4 Maccabees with some adding additions to Esther, Epistle of Jeremiah, History of Susanna. The most important of these give the history of the interval between Malachi and Matthew, the so-called 400 silent years. They give a good history of that period. The Jewish Greek scholars of Alexandria, Egypt, when translating the Old Testament into Greek for the Septuagint version included these books, but the Palestinian Jews never included them Hence, they were not in the scriptures Jesus used. The Catholic Church at the Council of Trent, 1546, declared 11 of the books canonical and they appear in the modern Catholic Bible. The Protestant Church has commonly agreed to reject their canonicity only admitting the literary and historical value. The reasons are never quoted by Christ or alluded to by the Apostles. Most early church fathers rejected them, even the Catholics. They didn't appear in the ancient Hebrew canon. The internal evidence of inferior quality as compared with the canonical books of the Bible. However, the primary reason for the rejection for the place in the sacred canon is the distinct prophecy found in the Old Testament 
that there would be no word, no prophet during the period. Like for reference, Amos 8, 11 says, no word. Micah 3, 6 says, no prophet. Jeremiah thirteen sixteen says, all of these prophets prior to those 400 silent years. Last of all, the Old Testament abounds in statements claiming inspiration and communication from God, such as, The word of the Lord came unto, Thus saith the Lord, etc. None of these, however, are in the apocryphal books. Canonicity of the New Testament The method used As long as the prophets or apostles were alive and could under the inspiration of God, tell what was inspired and what was not, there was no need of a canon of sacred scriptures. They knew the inspired writings from the known inspired. With their death, however, inspiration ceased. The need arose to discern the inspired from the known inspired. With the arising of the need for the canon, it is interesting to note the Holy Spirit was the superintendent of the compilation of the sacred canon. How was this compilation accomplished? To have a place in the New Testament, a book must have been written or endorsed by an apostle or received as divine authority in the apostolic age. Thus Mark was endorsed by Peter and in truth received most of his material, no doubt, from Peter. An apostle was one who had been with Christ and seen him in the flesh. Paul, the unique apostle, saw him glorified. The canon of the New Testament was formed gradually under the providence of God and the supervision of the Holy Spirit to accept the genuine and reject the spurious. The very reason that some books were held in doubt until proven argues well for the care of the early church. These were six books, namely Hebrews, James, 1st and 2nd Peter, Jude and Revelation. The New Testament books were a circulating library in the early church and accepted as final authority to settle disputes on doctrine and practice. No church arbitrarily formed the canon of the New Testament by decree. However, the Council of Laodicea in 363 AD, after a series of councils over many years, finally ratified the canon as we have now. The Old Testament Canon The Church completely accepted the Old Testament Canon as it was already endorsed by the Jewish community. The compilation of the Canon of the Old Testament took almost 1,500 years from Moses to the post 
Exilic Prophets. During the wilderness wanderings, some of the writings of Moses were kept in the side of Ark of Covenant. When Solomon had finished the temple on Mount Moriah in Jerusalem, he put it in all the earlier books and added to them all of his own writings that were inspired of God, both poetic and prophetic. After Solomon and the division of the kingdom under Rehoboam, there followed a long line of prophets that flourished before the destruction of the temple. Some of the minor prophets wrote after the Babylonish captivity and the return of the captives such as Zechariah and Haggai. Fifty years after the rebuilding of the temple, Ezra, the great scribe, collected and edited all the sacred writings of the Old Testament and he added the books of Ezra, which he wrote, and Nehemiah. He was made to read the law to the people. To Ezra primarily belonged the great task of the compilation of all the sacred writings of the Old Testament into the sacred canon. According to ancient Jewish writings, Ezra was helped by the great synagogue composed of Ezra, Nehemiah, Haggai, Zechariah and Malachi, all inspired prophets. This canon was the one referred to by our Lord when he spoke of all the scriptures and referred to by Christ as one integral whole as the scriptures. We can see the same hand of God in the preservation and compilation of the canon of Old Testament scriptures over more than a thousand years that prevailed upon receipt of the message. The correlation between the Old and New Testament There are 262 direct quotations of the Old Testament in the New Testament and 817 allusions to Old Testament events and characters with 112 of these quotations to be found in the four Gospels. All the other books of the Old Testament are quoted in the New Testament except Abadiah, Song of Solomon, Esther, Ezra and Nehemiah. These are books with no occasion for being quoted. So that was a small understanding from our Bible class taken by our pastor, Pastor David. And I think that's awesome understanding about the history of the Bible, how we got the scriptures and also more clarification on why the Catholic Bible has more books than the Protestant Bible, which has 66, 39 in Old and 27 in the New Testament. I hope this... Uh, study notes were informative to you if so please leave your comments and i would be delighted to read them give me your views i would be extremely happy to see that thank you and god bless you all good morning everybody it's a beautiful bright day today 
I was reading through the book of Genesis and I thought why not do a small reflection on Joseph you see Joseph is without a doubt one of the most talked about characters in the whole Bible reflecting on Joseph's life we can see how painful God's process can be sometimes he had been nearly murdered by his brothers sold into slavery in a foreign land was falsely accused of adultery and spent several years in prison he was harmed intentionally by people he should have been able to trust he lost so much his family his home his reputation his freedom he spent the prime of his life as a slave and a prisoner but throughout all those difficult times god continuously blessed joseph simply because joseph remained in god's presence and walked in a close relationship with god joseph went from being a son a slave and a prisoner before becoming the second most powerful man in egypt when jacob died Joseph's brothers were fearful that he would finally take his revenge but Joseph remained focused on God's purposes and responded You intended to harm me but God intended it for good There will be times when we feel like our lives are at its lowest end We get hurt by the people we love relationships break apart and so on and so on and so on there will be times when we just don't feel like living anymore we don't have to feel damaged because our god makes beautiful things out of brokenness he won't leave us in that place no matter who or what has thrown us into the well of darkness he will use everything for good his process can be painful but it will definitely bring us to a beautiful ending god makes everything work together for our good can we rejoice even in the broken places in our life knowing they are there for a purpose so this was an excerpt i took from uh, one of the colleagues uh, who has written about her reflection on Joseph which was very beautiful and simple and sweet so with that I'll just share it and if this is of encouragement to anybody we are blessed so if you like to please share your comments put voice messages and I would be very happy to read and go through them and respond if required so have a great day bye bye hello everybody good evening this is vinny i hope all of you are doing well i'm doing absolutely good by god's grace today i would like to share my thoughts on darkness and light and spiritual aspect it's easier to walk in darkness than in light in the spiritual aspect because then the desires of the flesh can be carried out
there is nothing good in flesh light exposes everything light brings it all out darkness can be expelled by light but darkness can never expel the light unless the light loses its contact with its source in short darkness is just the absence of light and we have many without the true light in their lives they are living in darkness jesus is our true light but many do not like to be in light for fear of being exposed and the change factor so many do not want to come to jesus because it means getting rid of or not being confined to all the things that was done before in fact they can be threatened by believers because we are called to be the light of this world and they know that the light that's in us can see through their darkness we as believers must be eager for god to use us as the light for others let's try to spread his word about the gospel of the true light so that everybody may live a life of love and fulfillment in jesus let's watch out not to lose our connection with our source of light that is jesus and let us spread this light to those who have no true light in their lives thank you i hope this podcast has encouraged or motivated somebody and kindness will always come back if if you share it so be kind enough and share these thoughts with others so that others also can be motivated and this is purely taken from the bible so there is nothing which i'm speaking on my own accord it's just my thoughts when i was reading this particular verse on the true light and so thank you so much for being here and hearing god bless you all hello good morning everybody welcome back to my session so today we're going to discuss on about reading and understanding the bible the bible is god's word as parents talk to their children in a language in which they could understand god is speaking to his children through the written word when we prayerfully read it we can understand it god is eager to teach us his word how much time do we dedicate to read the bible each person need to answer this question out of 24 hours how much time are we using for personal needs or for secular jobs how much time are we willing to spend with god and his word let us look at the metaphor of knowing a city when 
We can fly over the city in a helicopter. Two, travel in a vehicle through the city. Third, walk through the road in the city. Four, stay in the city for a longer period to see the city. Our knowledge about the city increases as we proceed from one to four. Similarly, our understanding of the Bible increases depending on the time we spent reading and studying it. A house has got three parts, foundation, walls and roof. Each is important. A house without strong foundation can come down anytime. Even a small house will have separate places for cooking, sleeping, toileting, etc. If any of these is missing, that affects the usefulness of the house. We design rooms according to our needs. A house without roof, however strong the foundation or expensive the rooms, is of no use. It won't protect us from rain, sun, cold, etc. Similarly, in reading the Bible, observation, interpretation and application are very essential. Observation. What does this verse or passage say? Asking some questions to the passage will help us in that. Who, what, when, where, why, to whom? For example, a book like Ephesians. Who wrote it? And when? Where? Why? To whom? What is the main content? We can ask similar questions even for a worse or small passage. For example, like what kind of passage it is? Historical, poetic, letter, prose, prophetic. Look for main people, incidents, teachings. Main theme in a passage? Repeated words. Verbs, adverbs, nouns, pronouns, adjectives, idioms, parables, anything special about the culture, religion, locality of the place or people. Interpretation What is the meaning of this verse or passage? What was in the mind of the original speaker or author? What did the original listeners or readers understand? An understanding of the religious, political, socio-economic, cultural, geographical situation of the biblical period will help us to understand it better. Application. What does it mean to me? How am I going to apply this passage in my personal, family, social life. Something to believe or do or obey. 
What am I going to do about it today, or this week, or this month? Proper observation will lead to proper interpretation that help in proper application. A qualified doctor will examine or observe a patient properly. Proper diagnosis will help in the right treatment. If any of these is missing, the patient won't get the needed treatment. May God help us in our reading and studying of God's word. This should transform us day by day. This transformation should be evident in our personal and public life. Through us, our church should be revived and society transformed. We are responsible for understanding God's word and should share with and teach others. Let us do this by sharing our new insights with others. Let us start sharing today. I hope, dear friends, this was of encouragement, motivation to somebody. If this has touched you, please share it with others. And if you could leave comments, I would be glad to read and answer back to you. Um, everything in your comments is appreciated. So thank you so much. Stay blessed. Have a great day.